Greetings, it's Terry at Cottage in the Court. Well, it's February. I don't know about you, but I've gone through every C catalog that has graced my mailbox. I've also looked at seeds online. And now I'm beginning to sort through my seeds that I've held over from last year. I mean, let's be honest. How many people actually planted all of those tomato seeds that you bought last year? So many of us purchase seeds year after year. Sometimes we actually plant some. Other times we share them with friends. Well, Mrs. Know-it-all is here with tips and tricks and suggestions of seeds that you just might want to consider. She's got me curious about Bossa Nova Zucchini. So, well, I did order some. Probably didn't need it, but I ordered some. But I will share with my office mates in an in-office seed swap. Here's Mrs. Know-it-all with her experience from being in the trade. I am in the mood for seeds. Are you in the mood for seeds? I'm in the mood for spring. <laughs> um, since I was a grower for so long, to me, there's nothing better than walking into a greenhouse or a garden center and just the smell. I miss being in the greenhouse in the spring, when I got my orders in, when we were sowing seeds, when we were transplanting, and then I was done. You know, somebody else can plant them and take care of them and water them. But I, I miss that. And if you talk to anybody that's retired from the business, they say the same thing, that they miss that. They don't miss everything else, but they miss that part because you get into kind of a rhythm of, you know, sowing the seeds and then, you know, transplanting, you, do, 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 you automatically do it. Now, you know, there are the major growers, you know, a lot of the breeders, you know, they have equipment to do that. And, but when you get into, you know, smaller greenhouses like mine was, you know, the mom and pops, it's just like, you know, there's, there's nothing else that matters. You know, spring is coming, you're doing all this. And you almost start to panic a little bit because you're thinking about, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. Why aren't they growing? You know, why aren't they big enough to transplant and all those sorts of things just kind of run through your head. And for a lot of us smaller growers, and I talked to a friend of mine, four o'clock in the morning, we'd be awake going, why isn't it growing? It's too cloudy. Seats aren't you know, growing properly. And, and we go through these panic attacks because the weather's not cooperating or whatever else is going on. <laughs> so of all the seeds that you started when you were a grower, what's your favorite seed? There's, there's a lot because we did hand sowing, mm -hmm. which for some of the seeds can be problematic. And begonia seeds, for instance, are smaller than half a grain of ground pepper. So we would take a pinch of playground sand, you know, play sand, you put in your kids little sandbox, mm -hmm. put a pinch of that in there in a little envelope, kind of shake it up. And then we would tap it out so we could actually see the seed coming out into the seed trays. 
the easiest seeds probably were geraniums and tomatoes and peppers, uh, dahlia seeds, nasturtiums, because they're so big that, you know, they're like buckshot. You can just push one of them right into the soil and be done with it. Mm -hmm. of, the, of all of those seeds, which we're, we're in February now, which mm -hmm. ones would you be starting now? Really, the only ones I would be starting would be later this month would be eggplant, because that mm -hmm. has a long germination period, and begonias. Everybody else I'd be waiting on. Even you know, peppers? Even peppers. Peppers I would start the beginning of March, mm -hmm. and then tomatoes I would start the middle of March. Geraniums I would do the second week of March. What was really helpful, and anybody can do this, you know, get a calendar that has big blocks on it, mm -hmm. so you can write in them. You know, we used to get those uh, ones that were like three by four feet, mm -hmm. and we would write every Monday what seeds need to be started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and sometimes there was stuff that wouldn't get planted till Wednesday because we were so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But we always kept the calendars because then at the end of the season, it's like, eh, I should have started this a week earlier. I should have started this later. So you may not necessarily remember that right off the bat, but when you look at your calendar, you remember that. So when you are putting your new calendar together, and I'd like to point out that we would get that calendar in January and we would sit down and take the old calendar and write it out. Mm -hmm. And you know, it would be up on the wall, tacked into the wall, so we could look at it every day and say, this is what needs to be done. And then the other thing with it would be, growers use a grower's calendar. And in our region, Mother's Day was the final week. Mm -hmm. So you count back about 20 weeks. And each week you would kind of, so you could go start as long May, Mother's Day weekend could be the 20th or it could be the first. You can do it either way. But this way you know when you should start these seeds. When you read seed packets, it will tell you, and I'm trying to think of an example, pumpkins, look at the germination. So if it's, I'm trying to think what it is right now five to seven days for germination. It's a pretty quick germination period. Mm -hmm. But those plants, some of them need 100 days of growth. Not everybody has 100 days of growing season. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people start them earlier. And while it's recommended you plant them directly in the ground, not all of us have that option. So you start them in a bigger pot so you don't stunt the growth. And then as soon as it's ready to go, you get them out into the garden and pray you have a good season. Okay, now when, when you started in a bigger pot, inside or wherever, greenhouse, whatever, when you're transplanting that to the soil, you, you mm -hmm. definitely want the soil to be warmed, right? For the most part, there are some plants that will tolerate a cooler soil. Mm -hmm. You know, but you want to transplant them usually with at least two true leaves, not the seed leaves. Mm -hmm. Okay. What we call the cotyledons. Yes. And then when you're transplanting it, would you let it dry out a little bit to not disturb the roots or just is disturbing the roots fine? You're not 
if it has developed enough roots, it'll be fine if a few of it comes loose and you put it in, but you want to water it anyhow, maybe the day before, mm -hmm. just so it doesn't go into shock when you're putting it in the ground and then going, hey, I, it was nice and warm and wet. And now I'm cold and dry. What about people that water the hole first before they put the seedling in? Is that necessary? It's not necessary, but if the soil's particularly dry and you know, they want to water it, it's fine. It won't hurt. Just remember to water the plant right. once you put it in the ground. You still right. got to water. We water in on the plant or around the base At of the, the plant to get the to the plants. roots. At the base of the plants. The roots are what need the water. Mm -hmm. Plus doing the magic wand watering, as I call it, you can also depending on your weather, if you have a particularly humid summer going on, you can develop a lot of leaf diseases. Mm -hmm. So I avoid that. I tell people, put it in the ground. Right, right. Thoker hose or watering can to the ground, or does it matter? Uh, I use a soaker hose for mm -hmm. my uh, gardens, mainly because carrying out that much water, I'd be there a long time. I've done that I don't want to do that anymore I take my hose out turn it on it's hooked up I have several of them in different beds so one does my vegetable garden one does my flower bed one does my landscape bed you know I turn it on and I walk away and come back three or four hours later pick it up and move it to another bed and I'm done okay okay I, I'm I'm a soaker hose person personally mm -hmm. my soaker hoses so we're at that time of year those seed catalogs are coming a mile a minute in the mailbox and everybody's like oh my goodness I'm going to plant this and this and this and all my beds are going to be full what's wrong with that scenario <laughs> you know it, it's just like the kid who has a garage band and goes you know I'm going to be the you know next uh let's pick a band I don't care you know they're they're it's it's not like that and mother nature isn't always going to work with you on that last year i had a horrible season my flowers did okay my vegetable garden i just like threw my hands up in the air and said i quit mm -hmm. uh it was that bad i had a ton of disease you know we had incredibly hot temperatures and then we had some horrific storms that did major damage to a lot of our property and i'm just like i'm done Stunned. Now my beans did really, really well. I mm. probably harvested about 15 pounds of beets, mm. but beans, excuse me. You know, mm. my tomatoes were like, please just let us go. We promise we'll come back next year, you know, because they were that bad. Mm. You know, I ended up buying tomatoes for the most part to do my canning. Oh wow. What about your beets? <laughs> oh, my beets did good, honey. I know they my taste good too. <laughs> There's, there's a re reason they win all those blue ribbons. Yeah, I can understand why too. I savored those babies like nobody's business. Yeah, but anyway, calling the magic beats. Oh yeah, they were just like oh, make your heart sing, make your tongue do a dance. Oh, so I've, of course I'm going to grow beets this year. But your garden did horribly, and you said you had disease. How do you fix that? If someone has a garden space that just didn't perform last year. What do you advise that they do? Well, uh, there's a couple of things. Now, it is recommended that you rotate a quarter of your garden every year. So you don't plant tomatoes in the same place every year. 
because of the way the sun is on my property and also because my vegetable garden is not huge at all it's probably mm, 20 by 15 so mm -hmm. that's not a very large garden but it's the only level part of my yard so mm -hmm. that's what i deal with so i am letting i have a walkway in through the side of my garden mm -hmm. so i'm letting the side to the left lay fallow this year. I may plant some uh, beets and radishes in there, but I am mm -hmm. not planting any tomatoes or peppers or anything else like that. I'm going to let it go this year. I'm still going to do my soil test. Mm -hmm. I always do a soil test every year. Mm -hmm. The other side, I will grow a lot less tomatoes just because I'm losing that space because I got to have room for my beans mm -hmm. and, you know, a few other things that I grow in there, you know, beets. <laughs> and then and then I'm going to grow more in some self-watering containers on my deck. Okay. Now explain the word fallow. Fallow means to let it lay bare. Mm -hmm. So it will be barren land. There mm -hmm. will not be anything on it. I even took off my uh, mulch because since I had a lot of fungal diseases, the spores can still lay on the mulch which i use a combination of newspaper and shredded straw so it all went i put it in those recycling bags that your municipality picks up and off it went uh, god bless my garbage men i feed them the other thing is because we have jumping worms in this area mm -hmm. nasty things i'm hoping that with the mulch not protecting anything over the winter. And we've had some super cold days and I really hate winter at this point and, and that miserable rat called Punxsutawney Phil. And I'm hoping that it kills off some of the egg sacs or at least some of the worms. Yeah. With those worms, I know they can do a lot of damage to the garden. Could they really damage your crops as well? I mean. They don't really damage your crops, but what they do is they literally destroy all of the organic matter in your garden. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing left for the plants. They're not like voles or moles chewing on roots. No, they're mm -hmm. not doing that at all. There was a guy who had them so bad last year, I actually got a request from a friend to say, what's going on with this? And he didn't know. And I told him this guy was fishing about 80 worms a day out of his swimming pool. Now, the good thing is getting into chlorinated water kills the worms, but you know, that's not my idea of a good time. I like, I like to be in a pool, not with worms. Right. How are they getting in the pool? They wiggle, you know, like worms wiggle. The water, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. They came in in a batch of mulch. The eggs came in in a batch of mulch into this guy's property. And this guy had, a couple of acres. Bagged mulch or loose mulch? Loose mulch. Mm. Hmm. And it doesn't matter whether there's loose mulch or bag mulch there, it's not treated or heat treated or anything. You can take a mixture, I believe it's a tablespoon of um, Coleman's hot mustard mm -hmm. in a gallon of water. And if you suspect them, you can pour it in the area and that will bring the worms up to the surface. However, it doesn't kill them. It just tells you that you do have them in that area. 
why that why the Coleman's mustard? It irritates their skin. It's an irritant. I mean, it's hot mustard. Okay. Back to our seeds. Are there any seeds you can sow outside now? If you grow um, what we call the opium poppies, mm -hmm. you can throw that seed out. It actually does like a cold period. Mm -hmm. So it would be out there. Now, the only thing you have to realize is when they germinate, they look like dandelions. So the difference is the leaves have this kind of a grayish tint mm -hmm. to them, and it's a little fleshier than a dandelion, but they're tiny, you know, maybe a half an inch tall. Mm -hmm. So, and you really should thin them anyhow. Mm -hmm. I, I like growing them. You know, they're a great cut flower, and the seed heads are just gorgeous, but, you know, they call them the bread seed poppies, too. Yes. And yes. so, anyhow, you just got to kind of prick out the other ones. You really can't transplant them. Right. That's one thing. It, they do not respond to transplanting at all. Right. Right. So it's very tender roots. So people should just kind of get in the mindset of we're still in February. Hold tight. Yeah. Order more seed. Are you ordering Order seeds? More seeds? Go into a greenhouse and go buy some house plants. Yes. Yes. Breathe that air. I mean, imagine if we're getting closer. So what seed catalogs are you are you looking into this year? And did you find that Bossa Nova squash? Yeah, I, I actually did. Um, typically, I order it from Park City, but they were already sold out. And I was like, no, they're not. So I did find them at Totally Tomatoes, and I ordered three packets of them. And mm -hmm. I found them at Swallowtail Seeds. Mm -hmm. So I, I did get my Bossa Nova zucchini. Everything else has been pretty easy to find. Now, Park Seed has a series called Whoppers, and they have a pepper whopper, they have a tomato whopper, they have a cucumber whopper, and I have grown them for several years. Uh, the whopper tomato was their first in the line. It was actually renamed uh, the 50th anniversary of Rodale Farm. Mm -hmm. So it was called OG50. And then they called it OG 50 Whopper. And now it's just Whopper. It is a great all around tomato, you know, great for eating, good for a sandwich, good on a salad. You know, it is just one, it's a medium sized tomato, but it's a very prolific tomato. It's fairly resistant to disease. So, you know, that is one that I always grow. Mm -hmm. The, um, you know, the pepper is new this year, so I am growing that and I will be, I grow my peppers in a container anyhow. It's mm -hmm. easier for me and it's self-watering container because then they're able to get the water that they need. And then I ordered giant one, it's G-U-I-N-A-G-A and it is a huge pepper. It's about 12 inches long and it's a, a bell type pepper. And so it says, you know, it's very good. It's good for eating fresh, fried stuff, whatever. And they said it gets even sweeter when it gets to be red. What's the name? It's giant, 
G-U-I-N-G-A-G-A, -G -A, I believe. I couldn't pronounce it, much less spell it. So you might have to kind of do a little search with that. Yeah, but that's from Park Seed? I believe it was from Parks. If not, I will let you know. Okay. And then um, there's one from, uh, it's another one. It's an All-America Selections winner that I've grown called Mad Hatter. Okay, and stop right there. All-America Selections. Break it down. What does that mean? The All-America Selections are plants that are trialed all over the United States for their ability to grow everywhere or regionally. There are some plants that do well in the South that won't do well in the North. You know, there's plants that are more suited towards the California region where it's hot and dry. I am an All-America Selections trial judge. I grew, um, I was given that plant to grow. And it's a short little squat plant it's called a Mad Hatter. And what you can do actually is stuff it. You know, eat it raw, make it, because uh, it's a very small pepper. You can actually use it as like a two-bite appetizer. So you could put shrimp salad, chicken salad in it. You could put cream cheese, you know, any number of things. And you can either use it green or you can use it red. It's a really cute little pepper. Mm -hmm. What flowers are you growing this year? So there is a, a new one that came out called, it's, it's a zinnia. It's bicolor. It is a perfusion zinnia called red, yellow, bicolor. What's really great about these, especially the perfusion series in general, is it's a smaller zinnia, a mounding type zinnia. Mm -hmm. And this one is red and yellow. So depending on where you plant it, by the way, the deer don't bother zinnias, which mm -hmm. is an automatic bonus. No. It is also an All-America Selections winner. And it's good into the fall. So you, instead of going out buying mums, you could actually just have a whole, you know, bed of these and you would have your Halloween colors. Yeah. How tall does that get? Um, about 12 to 14 inches and yeah. it's mounding. So yeah. that's what's really good about it. And in general, the perfusion series is pretty good. And also there's one called the Zahara series, mm -hmm. Z-A-H-A-R-A. -A -A, mm -hmm. And it has the same characteristics and they don't get mildew, which typical zinnias do get, mm -hmm. you know, the old fashioned one. There's a couple new ones that are out that are the tall zinnias that are actually pretty nice. Here again, I've grown these in the past. Mm -hmm. I love zinnias. I like to grow them and I just cut them and, you know, they branch out more and I keep cutting all summer long. Yep. And one is called Queenie Lime Orange. And Ooh. so it is a, um, what's the term for it? An ombre color. So yeah. it comes from yellow to peachy to kind of salmon-y orange. And um, it's great. You know, it's a tall one. So, you know, there's, you know, you got to give it some room. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's great for as a cut flower. And the flower is huge. Does the foliage still get mildew? Yeah, it does to a certain extent. That's okay. You know, the, Hide yeah, it with perennials. The, yeah, the, that's it exactly. You know, the trick with 
zinnias is don't plant them in the same place the following year if you get powdery mildew. Just, you know, move them over a couple of feet. Mm-hmm. Don't water them overhead. That mm-hmm. will get you powdery mildew every time. Mm-hmm. And give them enough air circulation. Right. So don't plant them, you know, smack up against each other. You right. know, give them a foot or so of space because as you're going to cut them for a cut flower, you also need to let the branching occur as well. Right. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I had zinnias in my garden last year. You know, I don't water. <laughs> you're, you're at my mercy when you're invited in. Those zinnias kick butt. And I am not a person to grow annuals. But those zinnias, they showed off all summer long and only got mildew, it was mid-September? Yeah, and that's about, you know, and at that point, most annuals are done at that point. Yeah, they were still going strong. It, it took the first frost. It was late October when they finally were like, okay, now it's getting a little chilly out here. But until that point, I was cutting little bouquets and bringing them in the house. It was amazing. So zinnias are one of those must-haves in any garden, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. You know, they give you color. There's such a wide variety. You can get them in different heights. And nobody eats them. Yeah, really. Always something I look for. Nobody (laughs) eats them. Now, what about Cosmos? Do you ever grow Cosmos? I do grow Cosmos. And um, I like the seashell variety. They're kind of tubular. Yeah. They're a great pollinator plant. And by the way, zinnias are also a great pollinator plant. You know, they're not just for cut flowers. The butterflies just love them. Mine are covered during the growing season. They're covered with every type of pollinator. I get the tiny little bees in there. I get the little wasp. I've got um, the hummingbird moth. I get that occasionally. I've got all kind of butterflies on there you know everybody's very happy my husband said to me because my husband is not a gardener let's Mm -hmm. just establish that right now and he said to me a couple years ago i'd really like to put a pollinator garden in i'm like hello you paid attention outside you don't go outside half the time i have you know about seven different echinacea coneflowers growing out there I've got zinnias growing. I've got lantana growing. I've got um, agastache growing. I've got daylilies. I've got roses. I've got herbs. Hello, have you missed what's what's going on out there? You should do like I did. I have a pathway to my car that's through my garden. So it makes me observe every day what's going on. So I put a chair out there last year. So sometimes, you know, after a long day, you want to just sit in the garden and instead of sitting on the concrete porch, I just was sitting in the chair until Precious called me from inside. But just sitting out there and watching the activity was just amazing and so rewarding. And knowing that that was nature having a a field day. I go out in the morning and I'll do some videos of, oh, who's in the garden today? My garage is downstairs, so I don't walk out to the garden that way, you know. Um, but sitting in the garden is always good. Yeah. I, you know, I just like to sit there and go, mm-hmm, 
use this and I like to sit out there at dusk oh, because then it gets really quiet yeah and you know i can hear the barn swallows going over and you know the crickets going and the lightning bugs out there and it's just quiet mm -hmm. when you have a garden you don't just always go in it to work you should go in it to sit it's it's to me it's the perfect way to practice self-care to just listen and see and absorb and maybe sometimes close your eyes and allow yourself to, to just get lost in the moment. And then, you know, you snap out of it in a couple of minutes and go, okay. And I guarantee it just really adjusts your mindset. I will have to send you a link to a post that I wrote for the uh, Christian Science Monitor a few years ago. You can put it on your website. It just talks about sitting in the garden. Best thing ever, you know? Yeah. So, so back to seeds, dear. Yes. We gotta do this. What, what kind of seeds are you planting for flowers other than the zinnias and the cosmos? What's new out there that might be an All-America Select variety that people need to know about? Well, it depends on what they send me every year. I can tell you that the one I ordered this year that I grew as a judge was Superhero Spry, which is a marigold. And it's a shorter marigold. It's a bicolor and it is self-cleaning, which means you don't really have to do much deadheading on it. And we grew it and it went nuts. And didn't get disease the flowers held up nice very floriferous and so i did order that seed this year another one that i grew was um gypsy improved and it's a ornamental um gypsophila baby's breath Ooh, yeah so it is not the perennial type that's very open and bushy this is much smaller, but very, very, you know, just covered in blooms. And, you know, you could snip a little, you know, a few pieces and put them in an arrangement. Uh, another one is Snow Princess, which is a, an alyssum. I love alyssum. Oh. oh, well, what's great about this one is, you know, how alyssum kind of, once it gets hot, sort of, fades into the background mm -hmm. this baby keeps on going and it's very floriferous i would say it'll cover one to two feet square feet that, that from one plant oh my it'll, cas it'll cascade over you know a wall and i actually have a mini retaining wall from my flower bed and i always plant it at the edge so it just kind of does a waterfall over it. And pollinators really love that one. Hmm. What is the only, does it only come in white? There is a lilac version that's a very pale lilac. Mm -hmm. I like the white, I like the bright white. And you can mm -hmm. also buy it as a plant. I would imagine. But you get more bang for your buck if you had it in seed right yeah but to be honest with you you don't need that many plants unless you just want to do a whole thing of the list well you know 
I left some in, in every pot wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Drape over. Mm. Mm. So, you know, when people are looking at buying their seed, and I know people are still buying it, there's a way I posted it on my Mrs. Know It All site mm -hmm. how to determine when you're looking at the seed catalog, you'll see them sold as 20 seeds, for example. Mm -hmm. You will see it sold as a quarter of an ounce. You will see it sold as 28 grams. And most of us are not familiar with the metric system and we're going, how many, how many seeds is that in you know a gram? So 28.25 grams is equal to one ounce. Now, and I have this chart out on, on my Mrs. Know-it-all page because it's pretty long and involved and I'm not that great at math. But I also posted a list of how many seeds per ounce equals grams. Because obviously nasturtium seeds are very large. Mm -hmm. Marigold seeds are very small. Mm -hmm. Then you get begonia seeds and they're invisible as far as I'm concerned. So I have, you know, it's, it's a partial list. It's what I could come up with, but it'll tell you what equals what equals what. So, you know, when you're looking at the catalog, you can determine how many seeds. Not everybody needs 300 tomato seeds. True. Some people only need 20, you know, because, and they're going to have, you know, 10 plants, 12 mm -hmm. plants, you know, now if you're splitting a seed order with a friend, that's a different story. You may want to get a larger amount of seeds. Sometimes I don't want the largest amount of seeds. I will order the small amount of seeds two or three times to get what I want. So instead of getting 100 seeds, I might get 30 seeds. And then how do you ensure that the seeds are still viable? Well, what you can do is actually just take a couple of seeds them between some dampened paper towels and see if they swell up within a few days depends on the germination rate of the seeds parsley seed let's see parsley rosemary and lavender have lower germination rates longer germination rates you know when you buy rosemary or Parsley seed, or not parsley, lavender seeds, they're overpacked. They say they're overpacked because germination rate is lower. It might be, I'm trying to think, rosemary's at like 63% germination. Tomatoes are like at 98% germination rate. So there's a wide variable on them. And so you can do that test that way. But if you're doing parsley, you gotta wait for the germination, which can be anywhere between 12 and 23 days. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, are people going to really save money by doing a garden from seed? Or, depending on the size of the garden, is it better for them to do it just by purchasing the plants? It's going to depend on the size of the garden and how much care they're willing to give it. You know, so a lot of vegetables, almost all of my vegetable seeds, unless there's one particular vegetable that I only need one of, 
Mm -hmm. I am going to do them from seed. Flowers, depending on what it is, like zinnias, I always start them from seed. They're so easy. Same with marigolds. You know, they're pretty easy. I can do petunias and impatience. Mm -hmm. Here again, they take a little, a little bit more skill or patience with them. Mm -hmm. And some people don't have that. And so then I would recommend going out and buying the plants instead. But, you know, for the home gardener, you know, if you have a small garden, you might be better off buying the plants. It might cost you a little more, but then you're not going to be spending the time getting the uh, seeds, the potting mix, you know, watering, the grow light, etc. Because then it becomes a, a real commitment when you can just right. go to the store and buy the seed. Right. So, and I'm not saying people should go buy this, you know, the plants at the store. Mm -hmm. You might not, be, if there's a particular plant you want and you only want one, well, then go to the store and buy it. Right. Otherwise, try some seeds, find some friends, and share. Yes. And always try at least one new thing every year. Yes. And whether it's a plant, or a seed, try something new every year. You know what, if, if you want to do it by seed and you're like, this plant's a dog, you know, you grow it and it's like, I really hate it, you know, then you know not to do it, give it to a seed swap. I will tell you one thing about seed swaps and plant swaps, I don't like them, mainly because some seeds, including zinnias, can carry disease through the seeds. Not all plants can, but zinnias in particular, I know, can carry septoria and alternaria blight in their seed um, plasm. So that's one thing. A plant swap, a lot of people are just digging them up out of your yard, their yard and taking the, you know, potting them up. You don't know what's going on in their garden. And a good mm -hmm. example would be the jumping worms, which mm -hmm. is how a lot of people got them. Yep. You know, the other thing is to, it might be a dog of a plant anyhow. It's like, oh yes, I just love this plant. You know, I'll be so glad to give it to you. And, you're, and you get it home and like, why did I even do this? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm not a fan of either one. And plus mm -hmm. some of the plants can carry disease. Mm -hmm. When you go to a seed swap or a plant swap, you really want to do your research. Absolutely. You know, have an idea in your mind of what you're going for mm -hmm. find that plant and maybe try something new but sometimes the seed swaps people you know just grab one of everything and you know you're not going to plant one of everything and not only that a lot of people save seeds of hybrids for several years mm -hmm. and what the plant originally was and what you're getting totally different now mm -hmm. yeah yeah so be careful buy good seed from a notable resource um, or trade seeds with friends that know what they're doing. what they have and what they're doing yeah that's an yes. excellent idea so are you growing any natives this year at all from seed uh i'm growing some um butterfly weed okay so i, I will have that in the garden i am a fan of hybrids you know mainly for their disease resistance you know, especially after last year with all the problems I had, yeah. you know, so I, that's why I like hybrids because they are more disease resistant 
and um, you know, I, I I have to let half the garden go barren this year because of disease. You know, so I mean, hybrids are more resistant; they're not bulletproof. You know, so you still got it. You know, we had incredibly high temperatures, high humidity. You know, some devastating storms that you know about that I had, and so it just kind of ruined everything. You know, thing plants survive to a certain extent, and then they're like, "Oh, I think I'm going somewhere else for next year." You know, I'm going to Florida. Um, so I don't know what this summer is going to be. I have the Farmer's Almanac, and they're only about eighty percent accurate. So. You know, I'm like, mm, maybe I'll follow your recommendations, but I, a lot of times they're off. Yeah. Are they calling for another hot summer? They're actually calling for a cooler and wetter summer, which doesn't make me really happy. Mm. Now they're saying March is going to, March and April are going to be warm. So I might be out there putting my garden in then. What about May? You know, we've had those May surprises. Yes. Oh, we, I can remember being in DC on Memorial Day and we had a killing frost here. Yep, yep, everybody was crying that year. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. So, but you know, when people are starting seeds, mm -hmm. it's really important to uh, people get whatever they can find and like, oh, I'm gonna do, don't buy anything that has fertilizer in it because it really can burn the seeds. Now, seed starting mix that you buy don't use garden soil it's got diseases it's got insects it's got all kind of things going on right. seed starting mix is very fine mm -hmm. and so i recommend putting it into a bucket of some kind mm -hmm. putting some water in there because it's very dusty mm -hmm. mixing it up and then putting it into your seed tray or your uh packs that are you're using i like i i myself like to use a seed tray as opposed to a pack because then the seed doesn't come up you wasted the uh, the seed mix mm -hmm. so read the directions if it says must be dark pansies violas really like to have that seed covered i cover them actually with a humidity dome and then i put newspaper on because they need total darkness some seeds, you know, you just, you know, cover them up with some body, uh, seed mix and they're fine. There's other ones that actually like the light. Impatience are one of them. They actually don't want to be covered up. They like to be, you know, go towards the light, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And because that seed is fine, the trick I told you of using a little pinch of play sand. Yes. The seed packet. That's a really good way to get them and sort them out, you know, in the seed tray so that you don't have 10 seeds coming out of the same spot. Right, right. Bottom watering or mist? Absolutely, absolutely bottom watering. You know, now you can lightly water them once you put the seed in, because you, if you have to cover the seed, you're using the dry uh, seed mix. But after that, water them from the bottom. They'll wick the water up and it, keeps them from getting, there's, I can't ever say this right, Theviolopsis, there's Phytophthora, there's Pythium. In general, they're called the waterborne diseases. So if you've ever had a tomato coming up, for instance, 
and all of a sudden the stem turns black and falls over, mm -hmm. that's a waterborne disease. With the humidity domes, and I do use them because they help manage the heat mm -hmm. on the plant, on the seeds, take them off once you have 50% of your seeds germinated. You know, if you're going to have a particularly cold night or something, yeah, you can put it back on just to keep it warm, take it off immediately in the, in the morning. Use a grow light. There's the LED grow lights that you can get now that are just great. Mm -hmm. They take up a lot. Uh, they use a lot less electricity. They give brighter light. They're great for plants. If not, you can get the fluorescent grow lights, and that's fine, too. You know, that works just as well, you know, mm -hmm. for the plants. And then don't start them too soon. I've mm -hmm. seen people that it's like, somebody told me the other day, they, they started their tomatoes. And I just wanted to say, no, I can't say that on the air. Um, <laughs> you know, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. I realize that you want to do this, but yeah. you know, you're going to have this tall spindly thing that's probably going to have mealy bugs and spider mites and God knows what else going on in this mm -hmm. plant because you wanted to start your seed and you've wasted seed right that's the right. other thing you have wasted seed right you know some plants you know like i said i would start like eggplant you know in february i would not start my marigolds till mm, early to mid-april right because you know, they're, they're quick they're, they germinate very quickly right 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 have you tried the fairy tale eggplant that's that's still my favorite no i haven't yet oh it's so good it's just the perfect, it's just the perfect little eggplant. It really, really is. Um, well, well, I'm the bossa nova zucchini girl, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to look for bossa nova. Um, that's a, a must on my list right now. So we, we've gotten people into the mode of seeds. Um, next time, can we talk about transplanting seedlings before we even get to put them outside? Sure. What things we need to consider. Um, because a lot of times people are like, I took it out of the cell pack and it broke. There's a reason for that, right? Absolutely. Yes. You know, so, people used to watch us transplant. Now we use the seed trays. It's called a 20 row seed tray. Mm -hmm. So there's 20 rows and we would have those seedlings in them. Well, we would be doing tomatoes. So we would get our dibble. We just go in there, thump, 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 thump. And people were like, oh, and I and I see everybody else going, oh, let me. They hold it like a newborn baby. And it's and there's like so gentle. And it's like, here we are, we're parking it in because we know, you know, that we have an established root system on these. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have the holes already in our cell packs and just pop them right in there, covering them up, do the tray, the move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll go over some, some, you know, after you've gotten your seed started, what's next tips uh, next time. And in the meantime, uh, start your eggplant with the end of this month, right? Yeah. Okay, bet, bet. Thank you for all your knowledge and your wisdom about gardening and helping keep us on the right path to a successful garden. Yeah, you, like I said, you can check out my Mrs. Know-It-All page and I have that information about, you know, the seeds, you know, how to compare the weights to grams to ounces and how many you will actually get in each one. 
And I'll provide the link to your page in the show notes which okay. for today's show. So thank you. And okay. we'll talk to you next time. You have a good one, Terry. You too. Well, I hope you found that to be quite insightful. I love Mrs. Know-It-All. She's very honest. She's very humble. And she'll give you a piece of her mind if she thinks that you need to know. I value our friendship and her experience over the years. If you have not ordered your seeds yet for the season, it's not too late. The selection may not be what you exactly had in mind, but it's not too late. And don't forget, if you know of a place that collects seeds locally where you live, support your local seed companies, support your local garden centers. Those mom and pop garden centers have been here throughout this period of pausing and before. Let me read a little poem for you. Actually, it's just a few words from Anne Wareham. Plants want to grow. They are on your side as long as you are reasonably sensible. So instead of, uh, I don't know, holding on to that large pack of tomato seeds, share, share with some friends. If you know that your plant is healthy, when you divide your plant in the spring, share it with someone that might have something that you want in your garden. Gardeners are some of the most kind, compassionate people you will ever meet. And we're all about sharing the love of gardening. You can find more information about inspiration and ideas for growing in an urban garden. My co-author Kathy Jensen and I wrote a book, The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. I suggest you maybe pre-order it because I am certain you will find a few suggestions on what you might do to enhance your green space. In the meantime, I appreciate you following me on my website, cottageinthecourt.com, Instagram and Twitter, Cottage in Court, and sometimes I even write on Medium. Happy seed starting!